It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. November 7th, 2018, was college country night at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, California. About 200 college students from nearby schools like Pepperdine University and Moorpark College flooded the place donning flannel shirts and cowboy boots to reflect the bar's Western theme. It was a great way to unwind and relax on a Wednesday night after a full day of classes. But then, at 11.18 p.m., Ian David Long showed up, and everything changed in an instant. Long was a 28-year-old former Marine with a history of erratic behavior. People who knew him talked about his propensity to pick fights or to curse at his mother so loudly it would wake his neighbors. He carried with him 10 smoke bombs, a forty-five caliber Glock, 
and 190 rounds of ammunition. Upon entering the bar, he shot and killed the cashier near the door. Then he started firing on the patrons inside. People panicked. Some managed to hide in the bathroom. Others were able to use bar stools to break the second floor windows and leap outside to safety. Long remained, firing his weapon and posting notes about the carnage on Instagram. Some of the people who got away notified police, who sped to the scene, arriving within minutes. Some officers entered the bar and got into a shootout with Long. At 11.38 p.m., Long, who must have realized there was no escape, committed suicide, shooting himself. The spree had lasted just 20 minutes, but it left 13 people, including Long, dead. We'll take a moment now to read the names of the shooting victims in alphabetical order based on last name. Sean Adler, 48. Cody Kaufman, 22. Blake Dingman, 21. Jake Dunham, 21. Ron Helis, 54. Elena Housley, 18. Daniel Manrique, 33. Justin Meek, 23. Marky Meza, 20. Christina Morissette, 20. Telemachus Orfanos, 27. Noel Sparks, 21. Some were employees of the bar and grill. Others were patrons. Some were students at nearby colleges. One was a sergeant with the Ventura County Sheriff's Department. One had even survived the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. Their deaths were an incalculable loss for their loved ones and the Thousand Oaks community. In the aftermath of high-profile crimes, it's widely known that the Federal Bureau of Investigation dispatches personnel to help local law enforcement with investigative efforts. But it's less well-documented that the FBI has a specific division dedicated entirely to assisting the victims of crimes, the Victim Services Division. Today, we'll be sharing the story of one FBI official who helped lead the Bureau's efforts to support the Thousand Oaks community in the wake of that awful November night. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And this is The Murder Sheet, a weekly true crime podcast. Anya and I connected over the Burger Chef murders, a 1978 unsolved case involving the killings of four young restaurant employees. Now we're looking to track restaurant homicides. To help us understand the patterns of these crimes, we created a spreadsheet of nearly a thousand eatery-related killings, The Murder Sheet. We'll be drawing on that data throughout season one to give you a deep dive into undercovered crimes. We don't just rely on skimming the headlines. We dive into these cases to bring you in-depth coverage. We're the murder sheet, and this is After the Borderline.
Kevin Gutfleisch and his FBI colleagues arrived in Thousand Oaks at the ash-strewn end of wildfire season. They were told to report for duty at 7 a.m., so they hunkered down in a local hotel for the night. At 3 a.m. that morning, they were notified that they must immediately evacuate the premises. The flames of a nearby fire had crept too close to the hotel. We rendezvoused a couple miles away at a parking lot, and uh, we did not know where we were going to sleep that night because we just left our hotel. But honestly, it didn't matter because we knew that in a few hours we had to get to work. And so um, people slept in their cars in the parking lot. People went to get coffee and breakfast as soon as local establishments could open so that we could um, have breakfast. The FBI's Victim Assistance Program is not deployed to build a case or gather evidence for a trial. After all, Long was already dead and beyond the reach of any earthly justice. The program is instead focused on aiding and empowering the living, the survivors, providing the victims of federal crimes with the opportunity to receive key services. And in the aftermath of the borderline shooting, not even an out-of-control wildfire could keep the team away. We had a job to do. We were there for that single job, and um, we weren't going to let uh, a lack of sleep get in our way. Kevin is the unit chief of the Victim Services Division of the FBI's Terrorism and Special Jurisdiction Unit. The Thousand Elks shooting was the first time he led a Victim Assistance Division response to a mass casualty event. When we spoke with him a few months ago, he gave us a good summary of his team and the work they're tasked with. Today we have more than 200 employees as part of the Victim Services Division, and that includes more than 170 victim specialists located throughout the country uh, with victim specialists in every state. I think it's important for people to know that every day we've got victim service providers who are working with victims of federal crimes every day in every state, not just when there's multiple people killed or injured. And those services really depend on what kind of crimes there are, but there are victims of, of child exploitation, financial crimes, um, crimes on Indian reservations. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of categories of crimes that could be a federal crime. And victims of a federal crime will be contacted by a victim specialist. And every day they review new cases that are opened in their FBI offices. And then they contact with the victims to see how they're doing, to do a needs assessment. A needs assessment, Kevin explained, is basically just a conversation with victims or victims' family members to see how they are doing and to determine what their needs are. After learning more about those needs, the Victim Assistance Program will try to meet them as best they can. After learning more about a person's situation, the Victim Assistance Program will try to meet those needs. Maybe a victim needs to see a counselor. Maybe they've suffered some financial hardship and need to get tapped into state crime victim compensation programs. It could also be something as simple as a call or a letter to a victim's employer to let them know what is going on. Of course, victims will also receive updates on their case, word of any prosecutions. At each step of the journey, 
until the FBI closes the case, specialists from the Victims Assistance Program will be in touch with the victims. This is clearly an important job, but going to work every day and dealing with the victims of crime can be difficult and emotionally draining. Yes, I've seen terrible things. Yes, I respond to mass casualty incidences and and see terrible things that happen, but our desire to help others overrides any concerns we have um, in what we see and do. Let's take a quick break from the murder sheet to tell you about a podcast investigating yet another unforgettable crime. The Orange Tree is a seven-part series about a 2005 homicide that happened near the University of Texas at Austin. The murder of 21-year-old Jennifer Cave, who was shot, dismembered, and left in a bathtub at her friend Colton Petoniak's apartment, continues to haunt the area to this day. Like the Burger Chef murders, this case features plenty of twists and turns, including Colton's flight to Mexico with another UT student, Laura Hall. Both were later convicted in connection with the crime, although Colton has continued to appeal his verdict and claim innocence. The business student turned convicted murderer now says that he doesn't even remember much about the night Jennifer died. The Orange Tree is reported on and produced by Haley Butler and Tanu Thomas, who were both seniors at the University of Texas when they started this project. Together, Haley and Tanu strive to piece together this tragic story in an in-depth podcast that features audio from courtroom scenes and interrogation rooms, prison phone calls, and exclusive interviews with both the perpetrators and the victim's family. You can binge all seven episodes of The Orange Tree today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's ro.co slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And now, back to the murder sheet. There is no shortage of people who need help after something as devastating as the shooting at the borderline bar and grill. When a tragedy like this occurs, it is the role of the Victim Services Division to come in and lend a hand to local law enforcement agencies. It is those agencies, after all, that know the community the best. It's always the local community that's impacted, and so we're there to support the local community. And we're there for a week or two, depending on the circumstances. It's not long-term, but it's to help them through the crisis. Unfortunately, we have a lot of experience doing this, but that community, that was their first mass casualty like this, and so um, they did fantastic, um, but they were also willing to take our help and guidance, and we did it together to help navigate them through because it's a process over many days to get to the point that um, they get their legs under them. One of the first things Kevin and his team did when they started working the borderline shooting case was set up a victim's assistance center. It's a location identified. um, uh, It was a couple miles from the crime scene, and it was a location that stood up in a small office space that would be advertised for victims and those impacted from this incident to come to one-stop shop to get information, resources, meet with crisis counselors, and uh, all in one place get an assessment of what their needs are and help them meet their needs. One early challenge the team faced was to simply identify who the victims in this case even were. The, the victims in this type of a case at a bar, at a restaurant, um, or if it was a, a shopping mall, we consider an open population um, because we have no way of knowing who was there, who was supposed to be there. That makes it very different from another common site for mass shooting events. If there was a school shooting and we know who was supposed to be there, teachers know how many students are in their classroom. There's not usually extra random people around. Um, and we know that there should be 20 children accounted for and uh, one child called out sick that day, and so there should be 19 more. We know who's there, but with this type of uh, victim population, we have no way of knowing who is there. Um, There could be friends of friends who met up there, um, no way of knowing who's supposed to be there, so there's there's no list that we can go to to start our process. Even locating relatives of victims is more complex in a shooting at a location like the Borderline Bar and Grill. The family members of the victims could also be from anywhere. Family members could be anywhere in the United States. Um, the, the individuals at this location were, were not young children. They were um, young adults. Their family members could be anywhere. Unlike a school shooting where the children go to school in a particular neighborhood and their relatives, their immediate next of kin, are also somewhere in that same neighborhood because 
those are the parents of the children at that school. Um, in this case, you know, it could be family members from anywhere in the world um, that we need to try to find and locate. Um, so that certainly makes it challenging. Another complicating factor in identification is that, from the FBI's perspective, a person could be a victim of the borderline shooting even if they were not actually shot. As I said, we had 12 victims who were deceased, more than 20 injured. Um, the injured can be anybody who was there and was shot um, or hurt. But from the FBI's perspective, if you were hurt as a result of that incident and had that incident not occurred, you would not have been hurt, um, then you are absolutely an injured victim. In the case of the borderline shooting, 16 individuals sustained injuries as a result of the attack. But the FBI takes a more holistic view of harm than simply looking at physical injuries. You can also be considered a victim of a mass casualty event, even if you were not technically hurt. And then we have these couple hundred other people who were there that were not necessarily physically injured. They were not shot. They were not um, hurt trying to flee the scene. Um, they did not trip and fall and get injured or get hurt um, trying to exit the building, but no doubt um, have emotional impact from uh, witnessing that crime, uh, fleeing that crime, seeing other people victimized during that crime. Um, it could be employees who have worked at that location for a long time, and that was their second home and for this to happen. And so those are what we consider present but not injured, not physically injured, but no doubt emotionally impacted significantly. And um, some, some struggle because they saw other people get killed and they lived, um, and it's what's called survivor's guilt, um, can impact them for the rest of their lives as well. To the FBI, all of those people are considered victims, though other agencies might take a more restrictive view. When it comes to a prosecution in these types of incidences, sometimes the prosecution, and that's determined by the U.S. Attorney's Office, not the FBI, sometimes they consider injured just those who were shot if it was a shooting incident or stabbed during a stabbing incident. But for the FBI, anybody who has physical, emotional, or even financial impact as a direct result of that crime is considered a victim in our minds. After figuring out who the borderline victims actually were, the Victim Services Division offered a wide variety of assistance to them. Uh, we also facilitated emergency travel support. We had people who were deceased. We had many people who were injured. And um, we had family members from out of town that we helped provide and facilitate emergency travel to come to the California area to uh, meet up and provide support to their loved ones. Um, we did that in concert with several airlines who were partners and volunteered to provide flights for that. Um, another role was working with the morgue where the deceased victims were taken to ensure that any jewelry, clothing, items that may have been on the deceased victim when they came into the morgue were preserved and collected um, so that 
if it was determined that those items would not be evidence in the investigation, we could get those items cleaned and returned back to the victims and their families if they wanted those items. Even getting property returned to the living victims was surprisingly complicated. We also provided assistance with other personal effects. As you can imagine, um, hundreds of people at a bar and restaurant, um, everybody there, each person has phone, keys, wallets, purse, eyeglasses, um, jackets, clothing. And so there was lots of personal effects left behind that we um, had a separate team um, assist with partnering with the FBI's evidence response team, which was requested to process the crime scene. The items that were not needed for evidence were brought to us, and then we went through the process of trying to figure out who do these items belong to, contacting those individuals, seeing if they want those items back or not. If so, determining if those items need to be cleaned first before giving back to them, and then facilitating the clean and in-person return of those items. Uh, Also, because this was um, at a bar and restaurant, everybody there had a vehicle, and we had more than 140 cars that were technically within the confines of the crime scene that little by little over the next week we worked to get back to their rightful owners. Um, Or if it was a vehicle that belonged to a victim who was deceased, work with their next of kin to identify where they want the vehicle to go, and then we facilitated having those vehicles towed to the location of their choice. The Victim Services Division only stays on site for a relatively short time. In the case of the borderline shooting, they were present for around a week. Before they left, they conducted a detailed debriefing with local law enforcement agencies. And we went uh, victim by victim and debriefed them on everything we did Every interaction we had, everybody we met with at the hospital, every piece of clothing that we returned, person by person, so that they had a good debriefing. Um, We gave them all of our contact information, and we ensured that they were okay with us leaving, as well as the FBI office was okay when our part was done to transition back to them. But even after leaving, the VSD remains interested in and committed to the community and to everyone affected by the crime. I did make contact with the local victim advocates um, when we approached the one-year anniversary of that incident, and I was glad to hear that they were doing well. They continue to be thankful for our assistance, and at the one-year anniversary, they were opening up a memorial um, to honor those victims, um, and they expected that many of the surviving victims as well as family members of the deceased would be in attendance, and I was happy to hear that that community was well underway a year later uh, to healing and that we had a part of that. When law enforcement talks about crime, the emphasis all too often is exclusively on identifying the offenders and then punishing them. That is obviously important, but it is crucial to remember, too, the victims sometimes need more justice than can be found in a courtroom. The justice system in the United States, and as a result, true crime stories, can often feel fixated on fact-gathering and punishment. We often grapple with simple questions. How did the crime happen? Who was the killer? How will the perpetrator be punished for their actions? 
The question of how survivors can start to heal after a shattering event like a mass shooting isn't a topic that much of our system seems equipped to handle. And that goes for both individuals who escaped with their lives and people who lost loved ones alike. But it's a question that Kevin Gutfleisch has focused on during his career at the FBI, one that he and his colleagues are committed to answering as best they can. And by modeling our responses off that of the FBI's Victim Services Division, perhaps other law enforcement agencies and our society as a whole can better support those left behind after a tragedy. Special thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenlee, who composed the music for The Murder Sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. To keep up with the latest on The Murder Sheet, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Murder Sheet, and on Facebook at MSheet Podcast or by searching Murder Sheet. For exclusive content like bonus episodes and case files, become a patron of The Murder Sheet on Patreon at patreon.com slash murdersheet. If you enjoyed listening to The Murder Sheet, please leave us a five-star review to help us gain more exposure. And send tips, suggestions, and feedback to murdersheet at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.